everybody's mind in Yankeedom is thinking the same thing right now. We got a whole bunch of questions that were almost identical. Who are they going to call up? You are Locked On Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making us your first listen every day. I'm Stacey Gotsoulias. This episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Swing for the fences on Sleeper Picks and you can win up to 100 times your money. Download the Sleeper app and use code LOCKEDON and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply, so check out Sleeper today. It's currently operational in over 30 states. With me as always is my producer, Steve Granado. Steve, happy Friday. Happy Friday. We made it through another week of Yankees baseball. Not as busy as the the Herman week. That was the week. Uh, <laughs> so, hey, they didn't win, but at least mm -hmm. it wasn't that. Uh, thanks so much for clicking on the show here today. You guys know it's Fan Mail Friday. Later on in the show, we have a preview, of course, of this weekend set against the Red Sox. But first, Stace, we got to get to a whole bunch of questions that we have here today for Fan Mail Friday. Again, you can always comment on our YouTube videos, reply to the pinned comment, the first comment that you see when you go down there, you hit reply and you can submit your questions all week long. We have our subtexters first. If you wanna skip that line, you guys already know, you can join subtext. It is in the episode description. You had a whole bunch of other perks with that as well. And Stacy, our subtexters went crazy. Everybody, everybody's mind in Yankeedom is thinking the same thing right now. We got a whole bunch of questions that were almost identical. Who are they going to call up? Mm. <laughs> and we're going to talk about that here today. Stacy, uh, again, there were variations of that question. I feel like this time around, as opposed to you want to look back to just 2022, Oswald Peraza seemed like almost the, the, the guy, you know, yeah. it seemed like the, the guy. There was some uh, arms that you could maybe earmark like Greg Weissert at the time as well. You were thinking maybe it could be the call-up in September. But this year I feel like is so drastically different than last year's because you're at this point where you're going, what's the direction of the final month of the season? Obviously last year they're making a push, so it's a much different thing. Yeah. How aggressive do the Yankees get here? when it comes to September 1st, Stacey, what do you think? I know what you think they should do, but what do you think the team will actually do? Will they be still pushing by September 1st? No, I don't think so. They shouldn't be. If they keep this up, they're not gonna be pushing for anything. Maybe just hoping that they don't <laughs> finish like a record 25 games out and, you know, like total opposite of what they did last year. Um, yeah, I think September September 1st is going to be really really interesting to see what they do. Because well, it's not going to be especially Yeah, especially considering what they might do elsewhere that can kind of change the roster. I think specifically if they make Michael King a relief, a, a starter and mm -hmm. push Sevy to the pen, I could totally see them calling up another arm to kind of help out with the Sevy stuff. You know, I could see Crook come up. Um I, I could see Greg Weissert come up in that scenario. Um, so I, I think that's super likely. Obviously, Oswald Peraza is always of top of mind when it comes to that stuff. Um, there are a decent handful of season 40 man guys as well. Uh, some that have been with the, the Yankees this season, some haven't. 
obviously Ron Marinaccio is still down there. I feel like that would be the boring answer that Ron Marinaccio just fills that spot just for the time being. Nick Ramirez obviously is there as well. They could call up Franchi Cordero. They could call up Anthony Misevich for uh, some relief help. Um, Spencer Howard, Matt Bowman. There's a lot of 40-man, not aggressive. What was the word I was looking for? Uh, Again, seasoned guys, like the seasoned 40-man guys that have been in the majors before that could definitely help out. Um, as far as non 40 man candidates, and this is where I don't know if they go in this direction to where they go like this. Um, Andre Shaparo has obviously had a, a pretty decent year with the rail riders. Austin Wells, I feel would be super aggressive, uh, to get Stefan Florial back on the 40 man. I feel like would be kind of crazy, a full, full circle <laughs> moment. Uh, Will Warren and, and Clayton Beater, who we've talked about as well. Stacy of these guys, all of them that I've mentioned, who do you think the Yankees go with? Well, knowing how boring the Yankees are, I would assume that they'd bring up people who are seasoned. So like Marinaccio, Nick Ramirez. Yeah. That feels... Other than that, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. If they're playing the safe game, which they've been playing the safe game for a while, that feels fairly likely. I didn't even mention Everson Pereira, who of course, mm. a lot of people have been clamoring for to come in and just take the left fielder spot. I'm not opposed to that. Um, yeah, it's, it's, there's a, there's so many directions the Yankees can go with. And it's weird now because of the only one expanded roster spot. Now here's something interesting. What if they decide to shut down Rizzo and move DJ to first and bring Peraza up to play third? <laughs> That's could, completely could possible. Could that be a possible yeah. possibility? Yeah. Cause I mean, by September 1st, you're going to know, well, like I said, we know where this team's going. It's not going anywhere. But by September 1st, I think the brain trust would really realize, okay, we just got to shut some of these guys down. It's not worth it to even bring them back for this. Let them heal. Let them do whatever they need to do. And I feel like yeah, that like could Nestor be a possibility. Say, yep. I was just going to say that. Yeah. Nestor yeah. as well. Yeah. Nestor. I mean, I don't think they get as aggressive as going for Urengis Gomez, who's only in double A. I don't think they do that. He's been pitching well in double A, but I don't think they'd do something like that. Just 40 man spots yeah. um, that are that are already taken. Um, this next question here, thank you to all our subtexters who asked that. This one's coming from subtexter Josue. Uh, looking at the free agent class for 2024 and considering possible call-ups, how would your ideal lineup look for next year so that 2024 is not 2023 part two? <laughs> yes, assuming the Yanks keep Boone, which is in my case, replacing him would be step one. Thanks again. Thank you, Josue, for being a subtexter and for dropping your question. Uh, I think, again, this kind of draws back to how aggressive do the Yankees want to be? If they, if they full-fledged blow it up, which has drawbacks, depth mostly oh, yeah. is drawback there, but they could totally get super aggressively and raid the Rail Riders. Mm -hmm. they, they could totally do that where Greg Allen's DFA'd, Frenchie Cordero's DFA'd. They just go on a DFA spree, which I don't think is super likely. Um, they could DFA Wandy if they're going to do that before September that would make a little sense to try and get a waiver claim and get a little bit of cash there since they blew it at the deadline with that. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, there's so many possibilities the Yankees can do. I mean, I feel like the easiest answer here is this just uh, nothing, right? Because that's, that's what they've shown us. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. feel like it's just going to be Glaber, DJ, Judge, Stanton, like that lineup that you see rolled out almost every night. But, I mean, for my money, I would love to see them make some moves. DFA Greg Allen, he has he started like once since coming back, and he went like 0 for 3 that night uh, with like a walk 
he's he's relegated to a pinch running role at best at this point. I don't know why he's taking up a roster spot when you can call up Oswald Peraza and get him some decent playing time at third base. You could totally do that, uh, and I think they should. Um, yeah, there's there's just a whole slew of things they can do, and and I would love to see Cabrera Peraza and and Volpe regularly starting at this point. Yep, I would agree with that, and I'm I am really afraid that uh, 2024 no matter what they do is going to become 2023 part two. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I think that's a legitimate concern. Yeah. Um, we're just kind of seeing the writing on the wall here, unless they get super creative, which they could, there's, there's guys out there that could get super creative. Um, but something has to be done if they want to compete significantly in 2024. Uh, thank you, Jose, for your question. This one's now coming from Adam. This is our last subtexter question. Adam asks, what's left to be said? This is an odd spot for us as Yankees fans. What's your least favorite park to watch the Yankees play? Mine's the Trop or the Oakland Coliseum. Thank you, Adam, for seeing, being a subtexter. Stacy. I think I know your answer. <laughs> and they're playing there on my birthday next weekend. How dare they schedule it? Yeah, I don't like Tropicana Field. I can't stand it. I call it the slop. I wish it would be struck down with a drone. Or blown up at some point, not with anyone in it, obviously, but I just want it to be destroyed. <laughs> like, you know, aliens come down like Independence Day and just blow it up because I can't stand it. I, I loathe it. But Oakland's a pretty close second because I just, all that foul territory, my God, I, I just, I can't with that place. But the trop is number one. Like, it's the trop. If you're not watching on YouTube, I'm going above my head. The trop, Oakland. <laughs> and then the rest of the stadiums. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I knew, I knew that was your answer. <laughs> I knew that was your answer right away. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really have one. I, I, I don't despise fields. Um, yeah, I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> I have thoughts, but I'm not going to go there. And let's be uh, fair. I didn't like Tropicana Field even when the Yankees were beating up on the Devil Rays. I always thought it was ugly. I, I just don't like it <laughs> at all. Like, you know, some indoor stadiums are kind of nice. That just looks so yeah. dirty and dingy and dark, and I don't like it. I think I'm just infatuated with Major League Baseball as a whole, so like I can't, in good conscience, be like I hate that place. I'm just yeah, like, no, Ugh. I can. Even even like Oakland, as an AL West fan, my whole life, I, I have a soft spot for Oakland because I'm just like, oh, this fan, that fan base is amazing. Oh uh, yeah, I love them too. Yeah. I do. <laughs> uh, we're gonna have to skip this last question. We'll put it in the next segment because we don't have enough time to get into it. We need to step aside. Thank you again to our subtexters for your questions. You guys always get priority. And again, to all our subtexters who asked about the call-up stuff. Sorry we didn't address you one by one like we normally do. But, I mean, I can say like 15 different names at once there because it was like <laughs> all the same question. So thank you guys for your questions. We're going to step aside. We have more questions when we come back. Want the chance to win more money with fewer picks? Head to Sleeper, where you can win up to 100 times your money on just two or more fantasy baseball picks. Sleeper is a fantasy sports and real money gaming app focused on bringing people together through sports and gaming. Sleeper has become the fastest organically growing fantasy platform in the world with over 5 million active users. At Sleeper, it's not just about sports. It's about building personal connections and lasting memories. I'm Stayspace826, so you can connect with me over there if you want to. With Sleeper, predict the hottest baseball stats like home runs, hits, strikeouts, and much more to cash in on your daily fantasy baseball skills and entries can be made in 30 seconds or less. It's that easy. 
Download Sleeper in your app, or st app or store, in your app store. It's an app store. Use the promo code locked on and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. And you can see Sleeper's terms of use for details. It's currently operational in over 30 states. So check out Sleeper today. Back now on Locked On Yankees. Don't forget the Yankees Red Sox meet tonight. You can listen to that game on Sirius XM like you always do. Download the Sirius XM app today and search Yankees to the everydayers. You guys know what I always say on Friday shows. Miners Monday is coming up in a couple of days. <laughs> Everyone's favorite day of the week. That's coming up in a couple of days. So make sure to hit subscribe. We'll talk about the Yankees minor league system coming up in a few days. Okay, let's get back to some questions, Stacy. This is coming from a newcomer. These are our YouTube viewers now, Stace. This is coming from at Natalie Manon, 4595. Do you think the organization will admit that this is the ceiling of their analytics and make changes to the way they manage and coach the team? I feel like Boom is proving that he can manage an over 500 team, but will never get a championship due to lack of urgency. Stacey, your thoughts on this question? I think the timing of it is interesting, considering some of the stuff that's come out this week about the Yankees and their analytics and the way they uh, manage and coach teams on all levels. Um, uh, I feel like I feel like they kind of needed this season to happen for things to maybe change, but I don't know if they will. I'm a, I'm kind of afraid they won't. You know, um, they needed a real disaster to happen in order to change the philosophy instead of them coasting into the playoffs and coasting through the seasons. And I feel like if they just keep falling off the rest of the season, maybe they might change things. This Yankees franchise right now to me mirrors the 2023 U.S. Women National Soccer Team. Hmm. <laughs> the rest of the world has caught up. Mm -hmm. That's what I feel about it. And, and, we did get a subtext question about this and I will briefly address the, what you mentioned there about the Ben Ruta stuff, right? Mm -hmm. The foul territory, uh, the fair territory thing that, uh, that came out about the Yankees and their analytics and they're not teaching baseball, yada, yada, yada. This is all I'll say about that. And I said it in our subtext as well. I was with the rail riders last season, as you guys all know, on a daily basis, I walked into that clubhouse and there's analytics all over the place. Of course there is. There's exit velos and there's, you know, the tape of everybody and there's all that stuff. It's all over the place. It's extremely accessible. The iPads are there. They're all watching the iPads. Like it's extremely accessible um, and they're constantly using it, which is great. At the same time, there are dedicated coaches that are all there teaching one-on-one -on -one with players, getting extra work in, taking ground balls, doing fly balls, breaking down swings, working in the cages. All that is happening. So until I see more players come out and say, this isn't working and this is wrong and this is bad, then I'm not going to go off on this. Yeah. That's what I'll say about it. I trust the coaches that are in place in the minor league levels. I liked them. They worked hard and, uh, and, the, and the players respected them. That's what I'll say about that. Mm -hmm. uh, thank you for your question, Natalie. Thanks for joining the Fan Mail Friday squad. This is now coming from a regular Stacy at Martin Rober. Nope, I did it again. Martin Ober 249. Have the Yankees completely lost confidence in Oswald Peraza? It seems to me he should be playing third base for this ball club. Thank you, Martin. Um, he should be playing third base for this ball club. Yeah. Have they lost faith in them? I don't think. 
I don't think so. I think they are still in denial about competing in 2023. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. It's ridiculous. That's it. Yep. No, nothing more to say about that. He should be up. He should be playing. Yep. Uh, thank you, Martin. <laughs> this one's coming from Keith Jacobo, Jacobo, Jacobowitz, 2040. Do you think the Stanton trade set up this team for this type of season and downward trend? To me, it stopped them from making better moves and made them old and unathletic. He's had a few good playoff runs, but big picture, it hasn't worked out to me. Thank you, Keith, for your question. Stacy Stanton trade mistake. What do you think? Well, now it looks like a mistake, but at the time, it's like you're getting a guy that just hit 59 home runs. You're going to put him in the same lineup as Aaron Judge. You didn't know that this was going to happen. Um, I don't want to blame it just on him because there are a bunch of other guys in that lineup that aren't hitting. It's not just him. And the Yankees could make moves that they chose not to make because not that they're being cheap. They're just not doing what they should be doing with their money. That's, sure. you know, um, but I don't want to blame this downfall. Because that question almost makes it sound like that is it's his fault that this happened and it's really not. So, um, you know, I I feel bad that he's had, you know, because the last two seasons haven't been great for Stanton. He's had some like moments that were good. But yeah, over the last 22 and 23 have just not been good for him. And it makes the contract, uh, the trade and then subsequent contracts they're paying for so much look really bad. But. You know. Yeah, I mean, any team in baseball would have done what the Yankees did. Yeah, I mean, remember how excited time. people were thinking about Stanton and Judge in the lineup together, and you know, they made that joke about that feeling sorry for the baseballs. And for a little while there, you know, Stanton hit a home run in his first game as a Yankee in Toronto in 2018, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna love this. This is gonna be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the re- the re- regression is is pretty baffling honestly. Mm -hmm. And you just hope that he can put it together at some point. Um, Thank you, Keith, for your question for jumping in here. This one's coming from JayhawkTube on YouTube. Do you think it's bad for baseball for teams like the Cardinals and the Yankees to Blue Bloods to lose to teams like the Rays and the Marlins, the Athletics and the Rockies? I am sad. What are the Yankees going to do? I'll start with this one, Stace. Um, I think, and you know, make me out to be the scapegoat here. I think it's good. I think it's really good uh, that other teams are showing competitive nature and yeah. that other franchises, fan bases get a chance to root for something. Yeah. Uh, I think that's the whole spirit of the whole thing because rising tide lifts all boats. And while it comes at the expense of us here having to obviously talk about bad baseball on a nightly basis here, look at the Orioles. They, they absolutely deserve this. Um, look at the Diamondbacks. Uh, they obviously have had a, a much poor second half here, but I mean, the way the Pirates started, like those, those things are important for fan bases. They make lifelong memories for everybody. And that's what we're all here to do, right? We're all here to watch baseball and have fun. That's yeah. the whole thing. Um, and, and of course, obviously win, but like you, it's hard to have fun and make memories when your team constantly loses. So right. I'm happy for Marlins fans. Um, I hope the Rockies and A's can get things together for their fan bases um, because they are strong fan bases. Because I think we spoke about this maybe at the beginning of the season because I remember talking with someone about this, but it can't be fun being the fan of a team heading into a season and knowing that your team doesn't have a chance because your ownership didn't do anything to make them better or do anything. And you just had years of nothingness and you know, coming out of spring training that you're just going to watch a season of them not do well. Like that can't be fun. And you don't want to see teams have that go on for so long and you want other teams to experience 
the highs of making the playoffs and the highs of winning a championship. I say it all the time. I, w- I would love for Pirates fans to experience that because the last time they did, I was literally five years old. I'm about to be 49. It's a long time for some of these fan bases yeah. and they deserve to have some good baseball memories. And, you know, I know people love baseball and you love the season and this and that, but I would like some of these fan bases to experience world championships sooner rather than later. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. As far as baseball is concerned, if that's bad for this sport, um, then you're not marketing your sport correctly. Right. <laughs> because the Golden State Warriors weren't anything until Steph Curry got there. Mm-hmm. And now they're one of the biggest franchises in the NBA. So if you market it correctly, it can pay off big time. How many Warriors jerseys are sold on a daily basis? Mm-hmm. Thank you, Jayhawk, too, for your question. Our last one here on this day before we get to our preview of this weekend. This is coming from Gregory Kristen on YouTube. Do you think not signing Cole if he opts out is the smart move? If we sign him, it effectively stops any other signings and cash and will tell fans that was the big offseason move due to the luxury tax. Thus, we roll out the same team again with guaranteed money we can't get out of when his performance gets worse. This feels like the cycle we are in all the time. Stacy, loaded question. Yeah. Uh, this is obviously if he does opt out, which he can do after 2024 or in 2024. Um, yeah, after next season. So what do you think if that happens? Resign? Should they make a push? Is that super dependent on next season? I think it's super dependent on next season. I feel like yeah. next season is a 2023 part two. I don't even think he'd want to resign if he opts out. I think he'd just be like, bye. I'm going to try somewhere else because this didn't clearly didn't work out. Baltimore. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> he leads John Means. He leads Grayson Rodriguez. <laughs> Oof. Oof, that's a scary rotation, guys. That's a scary <laughs> rotation in Baltimore if something like that happens. Or he goes to Texas, which mm. is just like the hot place now, apparently. Yeah, everyone uh, wants to go to Texas. <laughs> he, and he leads a young 2025 John Leiter or Jack Leiter. I always say John. Jack Leiter, yeah. Kumar Getstar. Oh, uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. The AL West is in for some trouble if that happens. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of life left in Cole. Oh, yeah. So much life left in Cole. Um, I feel like he's going to become one of those guys who can pitch until his early 40s and he might and he's going to change his lander. Yeah. Or he could become like a crafty pitcher, like Andy Pettit, who pitched into his 40s and was throwing like, you know, like he wasn't really throwing hard, but he was still getting people out kind of thing. I feel like Cole can do that with his knuckle curve and everything. Yeah. I feel like he's going to pitch for another like 10 years at this point. Yeah. I feel like he's going to be a thorn in the side for a while Mm -hmm. for for opposing teams. Uh, Yep. So glad to glad to cover him every five days it's yeah great. uh it's a it's a ray of shining it's, light to watch that yeah man work. exactly it's one it's one ray of light in a in a yeah. season of darkness <laughs> yeah love it uh thank you all so much for your questions of course you guys can join subtext there's a 14-day free trial if you guys want to guarantee answers to your question either in text or on the show we really appreciate you guys helping support us it, it, it means a whole bunch and we don't take it lightly so thank you guys so much and thank you so much for uh responding in the comments all week long you guys have a chance to do that again for next week if you're question didn't get answered you can always resubmit it i look at them every week all right we have a preview red Sox, yankees coming up in a second back here on locked on yankees yankees red Sox here tonight and throughout the weekend you can listen to the whole series on sirius xm friday night matchup stacy it's likely johnny burrito's turn in the rotation they haven't named a starter as of our recording which is 3.30 on a Friday, a Thursday. 
Um, so they haven't named the Friday starter. Probably an opener. Yeah. Or probably burrito. What do you what do you what are you leaning? It could be hmm. Can't go king now. Right. Has to be Hamilton. Could be Hamilton. Yeah. Yeah. It could be that. Again. I again keep calling for it. Lean in. Burrito start. Let him yeah, go. Just let him start. It it let him go. Let him go. Yeah. He's going to have to do it eventually if you think he's a part of your rotation. I've said it all week long. Yep. Brian Bayo gets the ball. Brian Bayo um, has outperformed expectations for me this season. He's got good stuff. Uh, I said it a couple months ago. I'm like, man, the Red Sox are still throwing Brian Bay out there. I, I, Bayo out there. I can't believe it. Uh, he's still performing. And at some point, you got to go, well, he's just going to keep performing then because he's just <laughs> keep pitching well. So, uh We'll see how he faces against the Yankees tonight. Saturday, Cutter Crawford takes the ball against Garrett Cole. That obviously favors the Yankees. And then the Red Sox have not uh, named one for Sunday. Clark Schmidt gets the ball. I got to imagine he bounces back on Sunday. Let's hope so. (laughs) I'd be pretty shocked if he didn't, honestly. Yeah, I really feel like the pressure of his family being there and growing up a Braves fan may have gotten to him just slightly. And I don't know, it kind of messed him up a little bit because that can happen. I mean, yeah. Yeah, because remember everything kind of flattened out on Clark a mm-hmm. little bit. His, his stuff wasn't breaking. He was kind of leaking back over the plate, and that ran into trouble, obviously. What was it, like eight runs, nine runs, whatever it was? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Didn't matter. The Yankees couldn't score anyway, so it didn't right. really make a difference. It didn't make – they scored three runs in yeah. three games, and the Braves beat up on them. <laughs> yeah. So it didn't, it didn't matter much uh, as far as that one game is concerned. So I, I got to imagine he bounces back pretty well here. He's returning home, obviously. Um which he's pitched well at home, especially in the second half of the season. So, yeah, I, I feel like Clark Schmidt's due for for a quick turnaround here. I can't imagine um, he, he he completely blows up a second time around. I'd be again, I'd be pretty shocked at that. Um, I would like to see Cole dial it up, which sounds insane because he's been dialed up all year, but he hasn't been. And this is getting super greedy, but he hasn't been pushing seven plus. Mm. He hasn't been pushing into the eighth. Like he hasn't been like just straight up flat out dominating uh, like he was in like April and other parts of the season. So I would love to see that again. I, I miss that Garrett Cole right now. He's obviously been pitching still ace stuff, but I want him to be ace of ace. I mean, it would be great if he could just pitch like a no hitter and hope that the Yankees can scratch across a run. <laughs> Got to be a perfect game because you can still score in a no hitter. That's true. Andy Hawkins lost a no hitter for nothing. So, um, and that was a fun season, 1990. And this team in some ways reminds me of 1990. So let's not have that happen. Yeah, Jared Weaver had one in Los Angeles too. <sighs> At Dodger stadium. That was a tough one. That was fun, fun day. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, I want to see Brito start. I, I curious if King is available this weekend mm. or, or was that the was that the final relief appearance? Yeah, like I'm really, now, I'm really curious about this Michael King thing, man. I, I feel like it's really interesting. Well, there was someone wrote an article. I think it was um, was it Max Goodman? I saw about yes. King today, on uh, Thursday, as we record this. And I joked on Twitter. I said, "Hey, we talked about this on our show, <laughs> on our yeah. Thursday show." And uh, apparently, starting is King's preferred spot. So, yeah, because that's what he grew up, came, came up through the system as. So maybe they ease him into it and then make him a starter for next year. Yeah, maybe, maybe he goes on Sunday behind Schmidt. Yeah. And they try to do like a two, 
go Schmidt five and can give and give King four. Right. And thing. then have someone come in. Yeah. 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 That could work too. Yeah. yeah. Like just keep um, stretching them out. Yeah. Stretching them out that long. And then, you know, that's one more on Sunday and then it goes into the full fledged rotation because Sevy's got a pitch early next week. So hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm curious, man. I, I, I'm kind of, I kind of want it to happen. I'm not going to lie. I kind of, I kind of want to see it happen. Especially if it's replacing uh, Sevy, as we've talked about, if it's replacing Brito or or Vasquez, I don't want to see that happen. But yeah, if it's no. replacing Sevy, I'm interested. It has to be. Yeah. I mean, ha- you know, from their perspective, probably not our our perspective. It has to be replacing Sevy. You can't keep running that man out there. You just can't. Not if you're in it yeah. to win it. <laughs> yeah. Especially after how he, I mean, he did pitch okay. He gave up, you know, a couple of homers in Atlanta, uh, but. Mm body of work body of work not not four innings or three and a third or whatever ended up being so let us know how you're feeling about that down below how you're feeling about these pitching matchups obviously you want to see the offense start to do something especially with runners in scoring position they're still getting base runners uh pretty much except for the last couple of days but pretty much overall they've still been getting the base runners they just haven't been getting the big hit right yep that that happened on Wednesday. They had first and second one out, strikeout, strikeout. So like this is it's time to get that hit. And I'm just curious if it's ever gonna come. <sighs> we'll see this weekend. We'll see we'll if see. it extends because they're on they're on a five game losing streak as we record this. So yeah. Hey, we recorded this on Thursday. They didn't lose on Thursday. Yay. And that's how we're going to end today's show and this week's run of Locked On Yankees. Don't forget, coming up on Monday is Miners Monday, so make sure to hit that subscribe button so you can learn all about the best performances from the system over the past week. And that's going to do it for today's Locked On Yankees. I'm Steve Granato. And I'm Stacey Gatsoulias. We will see you on Monday.